Hello, and thank you for joining us here at the Education Insider. I'm Jacob Hansen. I'm the CEO at PRP Group, and I'll be your host today. I've got a special guest that some of you may know from our last episode, Carl Hooker. When he and I connected, there was just too much for us to fit into one episode. So we've got a bit of a bonus episode here for you. Um, Carl, are gonna ex Carl and I are going to expand a little bit on our discussion around teacher shortages, but really focus our conversation around what does this mean for sales and marketing and dig into some of those areas. So stick with us. We've got more fun um, from Carl and Jacob here. And, uh, you know, as always, please, you know, comment, let us know what we can be covering, what's important to you that we can help. Education Insider is here to give you an inside look at what's happening in education. Thanks so much for joining us and let's get to the episode. Go yeah. back in here. Yeah. One, one of the things you mentioned, Carl, was was the federal funds, you know, and yeah. whether we're going to get more of those or not, or what form they're going to take. But, you know, in my opinion, like, you know, you're, you're right. You got to be smart about how you market that kind of thing. It's always been important to follow the money, follow the legislation, that kind of stuff. Can you speak a little bit to that as far as, you know, how important is it for companies to be paying attention to what kind of legislation is being passed at the state level, you know, funding and that kind of thing? Yeah, I, it's, when when the, when it all started coming out, when the first three rounds of ESSER came out, it was you know the last one was really the big one, the 127 billion dollar one. For comparison's sake, for people that don't know, like doing something like E-rate, the government gives us seven billion dollars to the entire country for E-rate funds, which is a way to get like a discount on your internet and your connectivity. So to get all of a sudden 200 billion when you combine all three of them together, I mean that's just such a windfall of money. But like you said, I think it's actually what we should have been getting, like in terms of if they really want to have a supportive and strong infrastructure and educational program across this country, that's what we should be getting normally. So that fun, those funds all started coming in. Now they're not here forever. They last for uh, you know the next three years. And from all I'm hearing from my sources, by 2024, which is when they're supposed to expire, th that they'll be gone by then. So if you're a company listening to this uh, and you haven't yet, I would say the next 12 to 18 months is going to be extremely important. If you're listening to this, this is like right before 2022, because I know sometimes I listen to podcasts later. So again, pretty much 2022 is the year of movement. I think you have until summer of 23. And at that point, every dollar I'm going to guess is going to be allocated because in education, we have to allocate stuff. Otherwise it's gone in our minds. Like if we don't do it, someone's going to come take it from us. I tell companies all the time, like think about long-term contracts with upfront costs. So if you can do a three-year or five-year deal, with an all up front, a district would love that because that means that they aren't paying yearly for the next four years and or five years. And as a company, it's great for you because you get a quick infusion of money and you just spread out the contract. I think if you haven't done that yet as a company, you're failing in terms of some of those in some of those business plans. So you got to be thinking that's got to be an option with a discount given to the districts. Like, hey, if you pay us three years up front, we're going to give you 20 percent, whatever off going forward. Now, on the district side of it, I tell the districts this, too, is like if you haven't yet started allocating this, you need to at least have a plan together and you got to have not just the tech leader, not just the assistant superintendent of curriculum. There needs to be a group of people that are deciding where is this all going to go? Because a percentage of it, 20%, according to the federal government, is earmarked toward learning loss. Whether you like the phrase or not, it's just reality. So how are we addressing that? Is it with personnel? Is it with additional online tutoring? Is it with remedial software? Is it, how are you doing that? And then how are you tracking it? Because it's federal funds. And if you've ever done anything with special ed, that money's got to be tracked, man, if you're using any of those federal funds. So again, companies listening, 
are you giving the people a, a way to track how they're using their software? And then educators listening, are you tracking how you're using the stuff that you're spending? Because at some point you're going to be audited. So you got to make sure you reveal all that. A lot and a long way to answer that question, Jacob, but I hope you get the idea, the general gist. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I think you made some really great points. And, you know, it, I guess we'll, we'll see what funding wise is determined by, you know, what the midterms look like, who, you know, wins office in 2024. That's going to be a big, that's going to be a huge pivotal point. I mean, we'll already have the funds in place, but I think you're right. I think with, especially when you talk about some governor races, I'm thinking of a particular one in the state that I live in that is going to education has already been propped up as one of the pillar platforms of the, of the main candidate that's running against our current governor. So I, that's going to have a huge impact. Yeah. And, and then I guess going to the state level, because you did ask that part too, and I didn't really follow up with it. I mean, certain states are taking those dollars and allocating them different ways. So it, I can't generally say like, you're all going to have this amount of money. I think it depends on the state you live in. You have to go look and see what, what is your state done to allocate it and how are they spreading that money out? I know that some states are really making sure that underserved communities are finally getting the boost that they need. Other states have taken a different approach. Like, no, we're just going to give everyone an equal amount because that's not fair to the richer schools that I would say, do some research and figure out like, where's your state giving it and what money do you have? Cause it's somewhere it is listed how much money your district should be getting. When, and that's a really nice segue into kind of the last, where I wanted to spend the last part of our, our conversation here is, you know, getting to know your audience and, and, you know, res respecting the fact that knowing your audience and, and addressing them that way is, is really important. And, you know, you mentioned looking at particular state funding, that kind of thing. You know, sometimes that's not scalable for companies to be able to address every state or every district within that state. You know, I, I talk to district leaders and, you know, I, I, I bless their hearts when they say, you know, they need to know us. They need to come to us and I need to feel like they know me and, you know, they need to do their homework. And I've been on that side of the fence. It's, it's, it's impossible to do your homework on a hundred and some thousand schools or, you know, 13,000 some school districts. So what are some of the things that you can share, you know, put your, your, your administrator hat back on here. You know, to me, it comes down to timing. Like you said, it comes down to, you know, are you able to truly help them? Do you actually understand if they have a problem? Those kinds of things. But I have heard time and time again, I buy from people I trust and I stick with people who deliver, you know, on that trust, I guess. Can you, can you talk a little bit about how you address that as an administrator? Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you my stories of, of, of the people that I've hired and the companies that I've worked with. I, I try to keep it a balance of, I look at like, what is the, what is the educational and instructional need that we need in our schools? And in some cases, it's not always that sometimes it's financial software or something that's not as exciting, but I'll look at that and say, okay, how can I address it? Here are some ideas. Here are some companies. Generally what I would do is do like a bake sale or a bake off where I have four or five companies come. I bring in trusted people. Again, administrators, you should be doing this. You should be bringing in teachers, the people that are actually using this stuff. Have them come in and be a part of that. Give them a sub for the day. I know we don't have subs, but try to figure out a way to get a sub. Have them come in, feed get them. Get the virtual like, Italian teacher. Get the virtual Italian teacher. Feed them like real food. Have them come in and be a part of an all-day bake sale where they actually see a bake-off, where they actually see the companies going up against each other. And then listen to feedback. And they'll. And if you're a company doing that and you don't win the bid, you're going to get still valuable resources because they're giving you insight as to why it's working and why it isn't working, whatever that might be. And so that's kind of part one of it. The other part of it is when I do sign a deal on the dotted line, I hope that you just don't disappear. And I unfortunately have seen way too many times. These are usually the big publishing houses. I won't go into any names because I mean, I could tell you all of them, but you know who they are. They will say like, oh, great. You signed for my curriculum, $1.2 million. I'll see you later. You'll see me in three years. Never mind that it doesn't work on your device because, oh, I forgot to tell you we're flash based um, back when that was an issue. So I guess my other part of that is in continuing to do follow-ups, I I personally, I had people's cell phone numbers and I know that's probably, 
you're not supposed to do that necessarily. But I was like, I needed to know that when all my smart board technology wasn't working, that I could text my rep and say, this is a disaster. Who do you got? And they're like, I'll find someone to get over there and take care of it for you. And so having that kind of commitment, I don't care that you charge even a little bit more. I will pay a little bit more if I know that you're a part of a yearly, a regular deal where you're going to be coming in and taking care of me and helping me out. So that's a huge part of that relationship. And then I guess the other thing I'll add is if you're a vendor stepping in fresh for the first time or just going to a district for the first time, know the lay of the land, spend at least a half an hour to an hour, if nothing, if not more, doing some research as to like, what have they been in the news for lately? What are they, what is the school, what are their initiatives posted on their website? What are their missions? What are some upcoming things that they're working on? Be excited when their football team wins. Be, I mean, in Texas, I'm thinking again. Maybe it's field hockey. I don't know what it is up there. It's hockey, right? In, hockey. in Minnesota. Yeah. 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 Regular hockey. So be excited about those things and just, and, and I think those little nuggets and be genuine about it. I mean, it's, they'll know that you've probably done some digging and found that out. If you know people in the area, I mean, that's a great other thing. Part of my work now as an influencer is like, I, I know so many people that when someone says, Hey, can you make introductions? That to me meant a lot to me. So if I'm a leader and someone says, and a friend of mine who I trust and respect and a colleague says, you need to listen to this company. I'll take the call. It may, it may not lead to a sale, but I mean, at least it's the foot in the door that could lead to a sale. And you don't, you know, that's, so I think it's finding people that you trust or knowing people in the area that you can make those connections to. That's huge for, for companies that are just trying to go in blindly. And then the last thing I'll add is that the, the states are all have different initiatives. Illinois has got its whole computer science initiative right now. And there's, you know, New York just passed their whole second level, the, the, the 2.0 of their digital learning initiative, which is basically talking about some standards and things that need to be embedded in the everyday classroom. Some of the teachers there are a little bit scared and freaking out about it. But if you have a product that can help with that, you know, that's when you come in and say, hey, I know you guys passed these new state laws. Here are some things that we can help you with that. And, and I think that's just knowing that kind of lay of the land. Again, it takes a lot of work and a lot of research and it may end up being zero dollars, but eventually those will hit. Much better than I would say than just blasting everybody with an email. There was a peak time when email was a prime channel and now I, I view it, it's spoken the wheel. But you know, as we as we close out here, Carl, I, I, I want to thank you for your time and joining us on uh, the Education Insider today. But while, while we leave, what are the plans for the family for the holidays? Is it a, a winter hooker truck? Is it a, is it a trip <laughs> to the lake? Where, where are you or in the ranch house? Where, where is it? What are you doing? We, we looked for a last minute cruise and oh my gosh, I'll just tell you the cruises are coming back full form because they're trying to make up for their lost, their lost income. So we are not doing anything like that. We're going to keep it low key. We're going to spend some time at the lake house and uh, yeah, we'll go see some cousins and family around town, but we're keeping it fairly low key. We may, we may travel somewhere virtually. Who knows? We'll put on our Oculus goggles and, and go on a trip somewhere in virtual reality. I love it. You know, I got to tell you, I got a pair of Oculus goggles a few years ago. And I can't remember what game I was playing, but it was something like I had to figure my way out of a room and like a yes. zombie came out of nowhere and literally like scared me. I mean, <laughs> I, and I have not put them back on since. I, you know, I did not like to get jumped at out and scared or anything. <laughs> I literally did it. I ripped them off my head. My phone went flying and I was like, never again. I was alone in my house. My kids were gone for the night. I was like, you know, figure that I'll give this a whirl. And no, I haven't even looked in a drawer in my closet. But anyways, I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great holiday, my friend. Um, thanks for sharing your wisdom. We will talk soon. Thank you all for listening and joining us for this episode of the Education Insider. Um, we appreciate you making time to join us and hope that you found some great ideas and nuggets you can bring back to your team today. 
I want to give a big shout out to Carl for joining us for this episode and appreciate all that you do for education and what you brought to the table for the conversation today. I wanted to encourage all of you to share this podcast out. You know, we want to make sure that we're hearing from you all um, and from others to let us know what else we can be covering um, to uh, help you all, you know, in this kind of new landscape or continually changing landscape that is education. Um, so give us a like, a subscribe, and we look forward to having you on our next episode. Thanks again. And Appreciate you joining us for the Education Insider.